1: of our England against India test match dailies. Probably a little bit earlier than expected, as was the finish of the fifth test match. But today we are getting together as many of the fan badges that could make it. And we are giving out our end of series awards and just having a look back over the four test matches that we actually managed to complete. I am joined... On today's podcast, Nackle Pandey, Neil Varani, Mark Hilton, and Rito Mitra are with me, and so uh, we have six awards to give out. And let's start with the first one. Let's get straight into the awards, and we can talk about the series around these awards. And uh, the first one is the England Player of the Series. Now, I have to say, usually we go for four nominations. Today, I struggled to put it out to three. And that, I think sums up where England were in this series. <coughs> Excuse me. But the nominations, gentlemen, are Joe Root, Jimmy Anderson, and Ollie Robinson. And the winner is Joe Root. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Knuckle Panday, come in. Come in and talk to me. England player of the series. That was about as landslidey a vote, I think, from you, badges, as we could possibly get.
2: Yeah, it's like... Um... You know the Re- Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, sweeping the Oscars and winning in every single category that it's <laughs> that it's nominated in. Yeah, Joe Root was was head and shoulders the best best batter in the series on both sides um, for for mine and anyone else's money, as it as it, as it turns out. You know his well, run well, of we'll hundreds. Fi-
1: we'll find out if you're right, actually, in a few categories time. But uh... Uh,
2: his run of hundreds eventually came to an end in the in in the fourth test. He looked absolutely magnificent. Uh, at, at Trent Bridge, at, at Lords and, uh, and at Headingley. Rarely have I seen someone look so in control for so long uh, in, against a good attack, uh, particularly as other batters on both sides to some extent, particularly England, were struggling, to, were struggling to score. He was not only surviving, but but scoring runs all around the wicket. And you could tell it became very obvious uh, just how much he was, he was dominating, how much he was in India's thoughts. Uh, pretty much every stage of the of any innings, the field to him was completely different to the field from everybody else. Where you wouldn't have as many slips, you wouldn't have as many close catches. You'd have boundary riders, particularly on the off side. They tried with the with the deep third very fine. They tried it with the deep third quite wide. They tried with the backward point. They tried with the backward point and the deep third
1: and, I mean, and got be off, said, cutting off cutting
2: off cover point. There's
1: a reason for that, <laughs> Knuckle. And it's got to be said all the way through Sri Lanka. India away, this home series against India. root has been playing a different test match. You know, the England batsmen have been going out struggling and, and struggling to find form and runs, and Root's just been incredible.
2: Yeah, and he's got this ability to play off the back foot to good length deliveries, which very few other players have, which means that he's got so many more scoring options. Uh, he is not... And and that means that... And then when you do pitch up full, he's, he's happy to drive you. So he was getting... Deliveries that might look shorter, he, you know, the, the ball didn't seem to be doing as much to to him at times, uh, and it took some some really really good bowling on the few occasions that he did get out for for under hundred or under a significant score. It took some really good bowling from just the Boomer and then some slightly lucky bowling from Shadow Takur at uh, times. Uh, that that Root boomer battle was fantastic throughout the yeah. throughout the whole series, and it again signs of signs beyond just the numbers of of how much Joe Root was ahead of everybody else that Drophit Boomer was the only bowler who could contain him Joe Root was the only batter against whom Justred who did who looked comfortable against Justred Boomer at most points in the in the series I I was there at Trent Bridge for uh, for his 100 for his, for his first 100 of the series and it was an absolute delight to watch and I think in terms of not necessarily in terms of impact on the match but certainly in terms of Control. I think it got better and better through Lords and Headingley. It was it was
1: magnificent. Yeah. I mean just just the stats themselves, five hundred and sixty-four runs, ninety-four average, three centuries. Just incredible performance, Neil, wasn't it? I mean you you would have been supporting India hoping that they could nick out Joe Root early, and that very rarely happened.
3: Yeah. And I think we've seen we've seen players play beautifully um in the odd test match before. But Root, through the series, in fact, through this year, has reached that plane where he's doing it consistently across a series. And that's what really sort of elevates the true greats. Um, they completely dominate for a long period of time. And captains just don't know what to do. Um, I think we saw it from Smith a couple of times over the last five years, from Coley two or three years ago. But no one, no one comes close to him. And... And apart from Bumrah, who again seems to be back towards the top of his game, the only it took until the fourth test for Virat to figure out Shadow, is the most innocuous of the five bowlers, and Joe Root maybe will lose just that tiny bit of concentration, which he did at Trent Bridge when he uh, when he got out in the first innings, and um, he definitely seemed to just relax a little, and that's how he ended up uh, just sort. Of gliding the ball onto his stumps uh, um, at at the oval. His concentration otherwise was absolutely perfect and he just didn't make mistakes. There weren't chances. It it wasn't one of those where he was getting dropped once or twice. He just didn't give chances at all.
1: Mark, there were times in Joe Root's uh, time with England that, as captain, people were saying, "That's yeah, look at his record as captain. Look at as it as it was as non-captain, he seems to put that to bed now as well, doesn't he? Because his form as captain is as good as it's ever been."
4: Yeah, well, he's made that slight technical adjustment to his game, which talks about quite a lot in terms of not um, going back and across and just stepping just a slight to his trigger movement and that seems to have helped him in his, um, in his concentration the way he can find the strike you know he's just looking very at ease in the crease so that conversion rate obviously that was talked about when he first came in as captain and it was a problem for a while as you know over the last 16 months or so has it's transformed itself so um, yeah we've said it many times before he looks in complete control of the crease I think Knuckle and Neil have summed it up quite nicely you know, I mean, it was also the pressure that he was under as captain. I mean, there was, you know, we talked about that before, you know, he's coming off lack of preparation, players not performing. And so, you know, having all that pressure around you, it's even more, you yeah. know, it's even more meritorious to a certain degree that he, that he performs. So, yeah, still a 16 months and we'll have to see. He'll have a rest now, obviously. Uh, won't go, not going to the 2020 World Cup, which I find odd when he's taking Sam Billings, but. He uh, isn't going,
1: and um, yeah. have the rest for for, um, for Australia. We'll see about Australia because I mean that's a completely different podcast, probably. But there's doubt about whether some of the big players are going to go to Australia yet. Yeah. Um, and final word on Joe Root for now, at least. Um, best batsman in the world in Test cricket.
0: Yeah, certainly so the ICC Test rankings suggest so. Before the start of the series, there was a concern with Joe Root's home Test form. He hadn't scored a hundred at home since 2018. Now he has. He looks to have got his mojo back and he is just back in that Fab Four. He has put that debate to bed now whether he is a part of that Fab Four or not. And another thing that, another debate that has been put to rest is where, which is his best batting position. That's number four.
1: Basquez, well, you, you've got no comparison there, Rito, because he never bats anywhere else, has he? But the, 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 um, <laughs> he refuses to be lodged anywhere else in the order. Yeah, when you say Fab Four though, Rito, Bab Am, Fab Five, it's the Fab Five these days. Neil's shaking his head no we, we can't get into that discussion we can't we've got, too much, we've got too much to talk about Badges are furry creatures 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn off 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there. Manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. Bowler of the Series. Now, this is from either side. And the way we decided these awards, by the way, is that all of the fan badges that have been coming on and myself have all had a vote in each of these categories. I've tallied them up and we've got the uh, following results in this category. Bowler of the Series. Then the nominations are Ollie Robinson, Jasprit Bumrah and Jimmy Anderson. Drum roll, please. And the winner is Jasprit Bumrah. Rito, let's come back to you first. That was quite a solid vote for Jaspit Bumrah. Very few votes elsewhere. Um, Ollie Robinson got a couple of mentions for his stellar efforts in his first English summer, but Jaspit Bumrah was just quality, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he was. There was a bit of criticism of him. He, he just looked, didn't look ready for that World Test Championship final and the Indian fans were very disappointed with his performance. But come into this Test match, he has just put all those criticisms to bed again. He looked a class apart when all the Indian bowlers looked flat. Umrah provided that point of preference. He bowled at good pace and he, all with those toe-crushing yorkers and those in-swinging balls, the England batsman didn't have a lot of answers apart from Joe Hood. Mark,
1: when we talk about the, the best all-round bowler in the world, um, across all formats, white ball, red ball, I think of Joffre Archer, I th- in, the, in the pace department I'm talking about, I think of Joffre Archer, Kehisa Rabada, and Jasper Bumrah, but I think on these on the evidence of what we've seen over the last year in Test cricket, Jaspit Bumrah is possibly even noses ahead in that race now. He's possibly number one. I
4: think so. I think he's the you know the best pace bowler in the world at the moment. And um, I think Knackle wrote a piece when he was summing up the kind of in which Test match it was, was. It was the fourth Test match, wasn't it? Don't, don't, don't
1: mention Knackle's pieces; you'll make his head go big.
4: Well, comparing to Waqar units and um, you know the Yorkers he was bowling, and you know. To, and he is the closest that we've seen to Waka units in the execution of that that particular skill. I think in Test match cricket uh, since Waka, um was on the stage, certainly when certainly that those deliveries in the fourth Test. So, um, so I think he is the all right. I mean, it's, it's such a peculiar action as well. Every time I watch him, I kind of think, how does he manage to? Because you know, goes against any textbook kind of mm. description of a fast bowler, really. You know, how does he manage to generate that pace and hostility of that kind of almost kind of weird rocking horse type of, kind I mean, of...
1: It comes back to when he was a kid, I think. He had the constraints of the size of his backyard or back garden, you know. Yeah, well, it's how
4: environment can play a part in people's lives in all different types of ways. But for me, he's, he's definitely, in all conditions, the best fast bowler in the world at the moment, in my opinion.
1: Jasprit took 18 wickets in this series in the four matches played, average of 20.83, um, best bowling in a match of nine for 110 and uh, the one five for the five for 64, Neil. And when he was on, England always had a problem, didn't they?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the number of wickets is probably a little bit lower than you'd expect, given the quality of his bowling. But that actually speaks more to how much the Indian team bowled as a team. Um, and there was a fairly widespread across uh across the board, but it was it was those clutch moments when you needed something to happen to to make a breakthrough um then he was the person you could you could turn to, and you know he's uh, he's the king of the currents, really he was the one who made things happen um he bowled an absolutely ridiculous ball to Ollie Robinson at Lord's when Robinson and Butler seem to be kind of dragging England to uh, to a draw Um, the balls to uh, to Pope to Bairstow and to uh, and to Joe Root the Yorker against Joe Root it took someone of Joe Root's skill in Joe Root's form as he is at the moment to somehow keep that ball out it was better than uh, the balls to Pope and uh, and to Bairstow Um, and it really took um, someone who was having an absolute worldy themselves to, to keep that out when it mattered. Jasper Bumrah turned up and took wickets, which uh, which won India games. And I think that's the real difference um, in this series between Anderson and Robinson and Bumrah. It's the Bumrah's wickets, Bumrah's moments led to uh, led to wins. And I,
1: I can see what Neil's saying there, Knackle. I mean, you look at the, the wickets taken in the series, 18 for Jasprit, 21 for Ollie Robinson, Jimmy Anderson with 15. And they all had their moments, obviously, as the summer went through. But as Neil says, Jasprit, Virat threw him the ball and tended to be when they, when they needed a wicket, when they needed something to change, Jasprit Bummer delivered. Yeah, you mentioned when he was on that England found it hard. He wasn't off really at any point in this
2: series, I don't think. He's very um, rarely
1: but, off full stop, is he? Really?
2: It is. It is. It is pretty remarkable. I mean, there were people saying before he made his test debut in twenty eighteen that you know he'd only be a white ball player and he wouldn't be able to adjust. But one of the one of the things I find most amazing about just Bumrah, or not amazing is probably the wrong word, but most impressive about Bumrah is how quickly he learns and how quickly he adds to to his game. Um, he back thing back to twenty eighteen, uh, he was mostly bringing the ball into the right hander and then. Has this outswinger that he's been working on brings it out for the first time ever in, in I think in international cricket certainly in in Test cricket, and absolutely nails it first up to, to poor Keaton Jennings. He has developed his Yorker. He's now got he's got bringing out that off cutter in Test matches and that ball he got to to Robinson. I was there on that final day at, at Lords and uh, it took a few replays to work out exactly what he'd done watching it live. Um, that, that's how good it was. That that skiddy bouncer which he uses every now and again he was getting life out of some pitches that weren't at times all that helpful to to see. and then reverse swing which i don't think he's ever had the opportunity to bowl in test cricket before because of the pitches he's been he's been playing on he doesn't play very much at home where in india where reverse swing can be a, a factor and you certainly don't get it in limited overs cricket but he controlled it beautifully um and thank you mark for plugging my piece so i didn't have to um uh, but they, it would just it it was the, sometimes a comparison or a or a hook for a, for a piece, or for a bowling spell, screams out at you, and that's exactly what that what that spell on that final I've, on that final day at the I've, at the I've oval. i just seen the
1: five knuckle just drop from your box into into Mark's there. Yeah. Mentioned the, mention of the, at the had
2: course. I have, had I got paid anything for that piece? Mark would have been on a percentage, <laughs> but as it was, you can have your ten percent <laughs> of nothing. Um, but uh, but it was the obvious it was the obvious comparison, and that that spell of um, that spell of two for six in, in six overs completely turned the game on its head. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going back to your the the question about the match-winning spells, I think it's Anderson and Robinson felt like they were carrying the England attack to, to some extent. And Wokes bowled very well, I think, in the in the last Test match, that in the in the fourth Test match. But there wasn't at times the support. <coughs> there always was for Boomer. Someone stood up at uh, pretty much every time. It really Ishant Sharma in the third Test was the only genuinely bad performance by an Indian bowler. Uh, so I think that helped. um He wasn't having to create all of the pressure by himself. He wasn't having to both be a holding bowler and a and, and a wicket taker. But so he was able to just create this pressure and create this sense that you give him the ball and and he's going to he's going to get a wicket or he's going to make things very difficult or he's going to get a wicket for someone at the at the other end. And he's using every single skill in the in, in the book. I mean, in terms of the best bowler in the world. I mean in test cricket you can make a case for Anderson, you can make a case for Patrick Cummins, you can make a case for Josh Hazelwood at his at uh, his best but I think if you go all format uh, I don't think there is anybody to touch just breathe the boomer right now. He he he's that good and he's got another 3 4 years maybe more uh, at, at the peak of his at the peak of his powers. I mean he's only what 27 years old. Um he talked about uh, I watched his interview with Dinesh Karthik that he did uh, as a long He came across really well in that, didn't he? he always comes across well he's yeah. clearly someone who thinks a lot about his about his cricket and about his bowling and um loves fast bowling as a as an art form uh, and he talked about um how he's never bothered changing his run up because it's never caused anything to go wrong for him and he tried lengthening his run up and he was bowling the same pace anyway so mm-hmm. why bother wasting the energy uh he he talked about how he put a little bit too much on himself in terms of wanting to be the man to make the outcome happen in the World Test Championship final, and he just managed to relax a little bit and uh, concentrate on his skills. I mean, it's, it sounds that like kind of it can sound that like kind of boring stuff that athletes talk about about processes and and all of this stuff. But I think what it, it just showed that how how good just just with the Boomer bowling normally is, and he didn't really have to have to go for maximum pace at any point in in this series because he is such a skillful bowler uh, as well. It's just a it's just such a shame that we didn't manage to get. Boomerang and Archer into this series at the same time so I think that would have been would have been joyous to to watch. But um, yeah, just breathe Boomerang you know, in a series where the standard scene bowling was excellent by and large, or at least very good, he, he he got my vote. And really, when I was thinking about it, it wasn't that close.
0: You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast.
1: Let's move on to the uh, next category India's player of the series is the next one we're going to have a look at the nominations for this award Charlotte Keer Rohit Sharma and Jasprit Bumrah back in contention as well and the winner of the India player of the series voted for by the badges is Rohit Sharma Rito let's bring you back in Rohit Sharma got his maiden test century overseas in this uh, in this test series, and I thought was absolutely superb at the top of the order. You know, he was having Jimmy Anderson moving the ball, the new ball. He had Ollie Robinson at the other end bowling very nicely. Rohit Sharma tended to stand stand firm and stand tall.
0: Yes, absolutely. He has been a fantastic white ball opener for the last seven, eight years now. Why didn't he just back up those performances in the test arena? We didn't know. And in this series, he scored his first 100 overseas, missed out at Lords With the series on the line at the Oval, India, under a bit of pressure, he he played a superb innings and scored the, his maiden 100 uh, overseas. And also, uh, in the middle of the series, there was a bit of concern with him getting out hooking to balls uh, short deliveries. Now, he walked on that in, in those, during the series and just issued that that's a sign of a truly class player. Yeah,
1: 368 runs for uh, Rowett in this series, high score of 127, that maiden overseas century, an average of 52.57 mark and England would pay quite a lot of money to have him, wouldn't they? they certainly would
4: um, and I think it's, again, looking at his performance in the fourth test, when you look at openers across the world at the moment, if you look at kind of averages over the last two years. I think it's been well documented that. You know, people are averaging if you're averaging 32, 33, you're doing well at the moment as an opener in World Cricket. What what's that says about the standard of openings of the pitches, we don't know. But to average 52 in English conditions against um what's quality seeing bowler. I mean Anderson was on his game mostly serious. Oli series. Ollie Robinson was a revelation. You know, he scored the century at uh at the Oval when Wokes was back in the side. So yeah, I mean, that century at the Oval in difficult conditions was I watched it all on the t v it was an it was a superb knock mm. um, you know as technically as um, as well as mentally so
1: and he, he never looks flustered either he's seen his stride i mean the guy's thirty
4: four i mean I'm, I'm amazed that he's that he's had such a poor record away from home having watched him in this test match series um so I don't know what it has been about it whether he's you know whether he just hasn't mentally been up for it away from home I've no idea but to see him score the runs he did it in the way he did it just amazes me that he hasn't made more runs in, 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 in conditions outside of India it just, it just staggers me I don't know what Neil and Knackle's thoughts on that are but that just, it just it just staggers me really
1: he seems to put that to bed a little bit, Knuckle, doesn't he, with this series? Because he, he has been criticised for not performing overseas. He has been criticised. Yeah, a lot of people have classed him as a whiteboard player that can't quite crack it at test level, um, you know, particularly overseas. But he, he has gone a long way to addressing that, by the looks of it. I mean, he's looked good throughout this, uh, throughout this tour of England, including
2: the World Test Championship final, just watching him bat and watching how well he was able to put into place what his clear game plan was, which was, to be much more circumspect about what he played at he was very happy to leave the ball he wasn't remotely flustered by the fact that if you look at this series he scored what point eight of a run and over slower than than his career strike rate um and he wasn't remotely bothered by that by that fact he was very happy to to soak up that pressure and to and to not drive too much outside of the off stump and knowing that he would get his chances uh, later on he's had a strange test career wrote at the Sharma really mm-hmm. he was very in and out of the side as a as a middle order player wasn't able to find a way into the team for for a long time for a lot longer than people thought never quite took his chances and then as an opener just the vagaries of the schedule meant that he didn't play that much away from home for uh, for a long period of time and then you know he had a run of you know there was that series in India uh, when England tour, but then he's been almost exclusively away from home uh, ever mm-hmm. since uh, it, you know it's a measure of how of how important it is uh to India that he that he's there that you know he was he as soon as he was fit in Australia he came back in and the side looked uh much more solid as a as a result even when he's not been scoring you we've know, we got the sense that this has been coming throughout the throughout the series and it also it isn't just Rohit Sharma it's what he and KL Rahul were able to do together at the yeah, uh, the at uh, the top of the oh, that,
1: that that opening partnership was was huge. And Neil, the the one the one thing we row was that sometimes he got criticised for getting very pretty twenties and thirties. We've heard that before with England's middle order at times, but um, couldn't actually kick on and get the big score. I saw a lot of Indian fans bemo- berating him for that fact, but he's a joy to watch as well, isn't he? He's just a ter- I mean, he's one of my favourite batsmen to watch, and when he's playing like he has done. And as Knuckles says, you know, patience and it looks like he was actually reveling in the fact that he was being stubborn in this series. It's a terrific combination.
3: The patience is the thing that's new for me. Um, I think the Rohit that um, I'm used to seeing away from home tends to get caught in the slips quite a lot, playing shots that he doesn't need to. But this series, his judgment outside his off stump and his his happiness to not play a shot has been completely different. Just think a couple a of falls
1: down to deep, down to final leg, were not that kind of let him down a little bit? But apart from that... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's
3: muscle memory, isn't it? Rowitz yeah. is probably the best puller uh, of the ball since Ricky Ponting, um, but he's so used to playing it in white ball cricket that when the ball uh, doesn't come quite as straight, quite as true, you can't uh, trust the bounce quite as much. The muscle memory still makes him play the shot but he doesn't catch it quite sweetly
1: um, I, I think some batsmen are just instinctive pullers and hookers as well i mean i know i know when i've played at my very substandard level whenever the ball's been up around my nose i just can't help myself i have to have a <laughs> dart at it and i think rovick's Robert, got a little bit of me in him actually, actually no, no 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 he hasn't he hasn't to uh, the batsman of the series and um, we've got uh, three awards left Um, Batsman of the series, champagne moment of the series, and the player of the series, full stop, of both sides. The batsman of this series, the nominations are the aforementioned Rohit Sharma, the aforementioned Joe Root, and the occasionally mentioned K.L. Rahul. And the winner is Joseph Edward Root. He's picked Rohit Sharma to the crown of batsman of the series. We've already spoken about Rooty for... uh, uh, ten, the first 10 minutes of this podcast but very quickly um Mark one thing with, with Root that pressure in the same way that Rowit had it really because Rowit was opening the innings knowing that 3, 4, 5 in the order were not being particularly productive for much of that series Joe Root knew that 1 to 3 and then 5 to 11 weren't being particularly productive in the series
4: <laughs> Yeah yeah I mean obviously the bar is very low uh, below what Joe was performing at, and it's a good job he did perform until, obviously, Hamid came in the side and had a couple of decent opening partnerships and Milan made him look um, a little bit uh, more solid as well for a while. But, yeah, as we've said, as we've said all through the series, you know, everything else collapsing around him and coming in at 10 for 2 and all this carry-on and, um, you know, getting hundreds and losing test matches and then having to save them and, yeah, I mean, it's been... Um, and, you know, not only that, he's been to India where he scored runs and, and then they mm. you know, got the 200, won the Test match, but then they lost the series again. Um, so he's been scoring lots of runs in vain, if you like, in terms of winning Test series. That
1: must, that must be so frustrating. I must <laughs> be. It must. It's like mentally challenging, yeah. isn't it? I go out yeah. and
4: get 100, but we're going to lose. Uh, we ain't going to win. And it's kind of got to do it again and again
1: and again you must feel Rito that he's banging his head against a brick wall at times because the occasions as Mark says where he's actually walked off with the century in a winning cause have been maybe twice over the winter well obviously in Sri Lanka he did did quite nicely but you often hear sportsmen cricketers saying it doesn't really matter what I've got as long as we win well Jim Root's not really had the second part of that equation very often has he? Yeah
0: that has been partly due to other England batsmen not contributing only Joe Root has been on another level and you're all There was a stat that until the last test, that England hadn't lost a test match in which Joe Root had scored a century, but uh, due to him having a very poor. Hour before lunch on that final day, England lost that game, and he can only blame himself as a captain. And the only match where he missed out on a hundred in the series is where Josh Butler was on patent, and that's why England were so keen to get him back into the team for that fifth test match.
1: Rita's got a great big stirring spoon when he he, he like grins at me Mm -hmm. when he says the word named (laughs) Josh Butler. (laughs) Michael, comparing the two captains in this series, you've got Joe Root, who's smashing out runs left, right and centre and not being able to get a winning side together. And Virat Kohli, who's struggled by his high standards throughout the series and had a winning team. You know, they they must be looking at each other thinking, I wish I could have your runs or I wish I could have your side.
2: Yeah. Although, again, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think Virat Kohli would trade the runs for the wins. I don't think many players would. It just doesn't. I mean, I mean, to, people have both people, oh, I mean okay, to have these together. Oh, yeah, of course. Every, yeah. Everyone wants to be greedy. Obviously, you know, <laughs> sports people are pathologically competitive and pathologically driven to win. So, of course, you'd, you'd want both. And you know, they've had periods where they've had both. I mean, Virat Kohli's had these series where he's done outrageously well with the bat as an individual in Europe Of one, I think back to when England were in India in 2016 uh, would be would be a good example. And there are others as uh, as well. And Virat, Virat Kohli. I think showed the difference between you know a, a world class player in form and a world class player out of form. Virat Kohli was able to score some runs and do okay in this series and look better and better as it went on, but was clearly not was clearly not completely in control of his game. He, he uh, needed a fifth test
1: match um, knuckle, didn't he? Because he was, as you say, the curve was going upwards, and by the fifth one, he might have been supreme. Maybe. I mean, there were times in the in the um, in the third and fourth, or certainly the fourth test, where he looked as though
2: he was going to go on and get a hundred in both innings. I think uh both both on both occasions and it wasn't the only time in the series um and not the only time in, the, in this school of thumb but I mean, Brett collie has this you know people talk about his intensity and and his and his you know his drive and his passion and um i've seen a few slightly over the top pieces about how in the, in the in the wake of this uh, sort of defences of him with india excuse me, um, pulling out of the series. Um, you know, I think it's over the top to say that Virat Kohli is propping up test cricket because I think there's been some excellent test cricket in the last few years that hasn't involved India, uh, but full stop. But it, uh, there's no doubt about his drive for greatness in, in, in test cricket and how much well, he-
1: It's been utterly ridiculous when you can, you see them criticising the, uh, um, the Indian players for kind of bottling it effectively and going home for the IPL and kind of pictures of Virat Kohli on that article... And you're thinking there's nobody that's more fiercely competitive than Virat Kohli. There's nobody that likes Uh, Test cricket more than Virat Kohli.
2: It it shows you just how... Now, you know, we're not... I don't know how much we're going to get into this discussion. Whether the fears... Not very much. Not very much. We want to keep this one
1: positive today.
2: Yeah, I know. However, whether the fears were justified or not, whether they had a complete logical basis to them, the the panic that went around the Indian dressing room it shows you how severe that was that it got to that point where this Indian team led by this Indian captain were even considering pulling out of a out of a test series with the chance to win the series outright on the line, which is something that this this team has wanted and would would kind of mark them out as one of the as one of the great. Well, they might have done that, yeah. We don't the, know
1: because we don't actually know what the score. Well, <laughs> well, quite. But
2: you know, they they've given up the potential chance to uh to do that. Um, Joe Root had to do. I had a awful morning on the fifth morning at Lords. Uh, he carried the can for it himself publicly in the press conference. It's never entirely one person's fault. He he took it on the chin and he took the responsibility as as the captain. You know, going down with the ship. I'm sure there were discussions with the bowlers and with the with the team, but that he wasn't able to stop everyone getting carried away, including himself. Uh, Virat Kohli has a Virat Kohli has a really good bowling attack to match the intensity that he carries himself as a person. We've seen other. Aggressive captains go 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 with this this method of being of trying to be sort of hunting packs and try and be all over the opposition, but it looks hollow and a bit ridiculous when you don't have the bowlers to, to back it up. Uh, and he, he he's reveling in the fact that he's got this this group of bowlers now who can do exactly what he what he wants to what he wants them to do. Uh, he had a very good series as a captain, Virat Kohli and Joe Root. I wonder if there is a support group. I wonder, if I wonder if he can have a well, chat a, a with t- Ryan Lara one. and Shivnarain Chanderpaul and a few other of these guys, or late period Michael Clark or sort of mid period Michael Clark, I guess. Clearly, world class players in a failing team where they're having to do all of the work and score yeah. all of the runs. I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a
1: you know a WhatsApp group that they can. Wait, they they all get together at Christmas, Knuckle, and uh, and talk about it all as they open their presents. Let's move on to the next award. I've not forgotten you, Neil, because I'm going to come to you with the, uh, the, after the next one. <laughs> um, champagne moments of the series. Um, five nominations for this, because we had some very wide and varied and, uh, and all very valid suggestions for this. Um, Jasper Bummers, Yorker to Johnny Bairstow. Charlotte Takur's match, basically. He's two for 50s. He's, uh, he's, uh, sorry, he's two fifties in his wickets. Um, Rohit's first overseas ton, he's 127. Jimmy Anderson, getting out Virat Kohli for a golden duck. And finally, India's second innings bowling at Lords after Virat Kohli's pep talk uh, before they came out. Let's give them 60 overs of hell. And the winner is... Step up, Virat Kohli. It is the performance at Lords. Virat Kohli's pep talk, leading to that second innings bowling performance. And you can now see the method in my madness now, because I want to come to you about Virat Kohli's captaincy. And obviously that was a terrific day at Lords for Team India. I've talked to you a lot on these podcasts about Virat Kohli's captaincy. I've had um, severe reservations about his heart and his sleeve, kind of way of leading India, sometimes a little bit too much. I was really impressed with him. He looks like he's getting better. He looks like he's understanding the role. That little pep talk ahead of 60 overs of hell was a terrific little insight to how he's leading that team. And he expects nothing less than a certain standard from everybody in that side. And he drives them forward all the time. We've said often during this series, he must be so absolutely knackered by the time he goes to bed because he, he kind of burns about 50 calories every time the ball comes down. He's jumping up and twisting and his face is contorting. But he's, I think he's getting better now. Well, that's
3: what you want, isn't it? You don't want to be like Steve Smith, staying up all night shadow batting and um, getting burnt out to lead to sandpaper Gates. <laughs> you want to leave it all out on the field. And I, I thought he was superb as a captain in this series. Um, I thought throughout um, the heads didn't really seem to drop, even even headingly uh, on that second second day when Joe Root was. Um, scoring at will and so was Dawid Milan really mm. but still they managed to uh, to come back in the evening session and take uh, six wickets seven wickets in the evening session out of nowhere pretty much to reduce that lead I mean it still ended up at sort of 350 but it could have been completely out of sight and you know by the end of the third day there was still a glimmer that got you know blown out the next day but it, it's that thing with the India team under Virat is that they never, ever give up.
1: Well, they never know when they're beaten, do they? They, they, they could be 400 behind on first innings and Virat Kohli would still be looking at a way to try and get back and win it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And is it's that personal fire that he's got that, you, you see, he, he will never back down from a fight personally. But now the team has been built in his image. Now, I, I know in Australia that... He went home after the first match and Rahane took over the captaincy. But the whole team, all the way through to the A-sides, i say, are now built in Virat's image in that they'll always be up for a fight. Um, Kel Raul said, you know, you come at one of us uh, and all 11 will come back at you. Um, And that's the timidity that seemed to uh, flow through the Indian teams um, 20 years ago when they went abroad. There is none of that anymore. We can't be intimidated in the same way um, that we were in the past. And I think some teams have uh, have spoken to that as well. In fact, some teams now go completely the other way. New Zealand don't um, sledge at all when they play uh, India, especially against Virat. And if you watch the test, that was the plan for Tim Payne's Australia, although they fell away. And actually at Lords, it was when England... Decided to get into that fight um, with with the bowlers over the short bowling at Jimmy Anderson. That's where it it all fell away mistake. for England.
1: Big big mistake that wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. England never really got back on the uh, on the rails after that. Um, I, I there's a there's a couple of other ones in this uh, in the nominations which I I think are worthy of mention. We talked about Rowett's century, but charlotte Takur, um, Nackle, coming into the uh, the Indian side, he wasn't ever present throughout the series but when he did play uh, and particularly that uh, match he had at Headingley he made a big difference to him didn't he? He's, I mean he, he is a little bit innocuous to look at with the bowling his batting stats don't particularly suggest Vivian Richards is walking out there but he suddenly seemed to go up a couple of gears
2: Yeah yeah two very two very effective but two completely different test matches at Trent Bridge he was very uh, sort of quietly effective and bowled very nagging lines and lengths getting the ball to move a little bit here and uh, here and there and was a very good sort of foil essentially doing the jadeja rule because jadeja barely bowled in in that test match and then he became this effervescent drama magnet really on the on the in the fourth test match just everything was happening every time uh, to to him and around around him and it, he generally batted completely fearlessly I mean, again very similar in, in a way to the brisbane test match where he uh, where he came in, and, and he and Washington Sundar put on those runs, Man. but this was even more aggressive, and actually from an even worse position. I think they were about 100 yeah. for six when Takur came in, and you know it looked like it was just having a bit of fun, and to some extent, I'm sure he uh, he was, but he's got this. Uh, people in the team talk about his intense competitiveness, and the fact he he carries himself like a cricketer with a much higher reputation and a much higher ceiling than than he's actually got, and he drives himself to get the most out of him out of himself, and probably in many ways you know probably isn't quite right for the balance of the team and can only do so much you know he's a swing bowler who is a little bit ineffective when the ball isn't isn't swinging but he's got this he's a little bit better than batters think he is and that mismatch sometimes between the expectation and the reality can be can be fatal and with the bat he's generally become a very useful lower order batter with a good range of attacking strokes and he was he was immensely important in that probably never quite going to get player of the match and i think Roy sharma was quite was mm. rightly well, so we individual. talked about that
1: through the test match didn't we and we we both felt the road was probably just ahead of him despite yeah. the public yeah. clamor yeah. for shard
2: yeah and despite the all-round performance you know in terms of, i don't know in terms of impact or impact against expected impact as it were with shard or immensely um important Tricky can often be little sport can often be very much about if you measure it against, you know, the strength of your weakest link. I mean, Shadow Taker is the weakest probably Rahane, really, in the series. But in terms of reputation, certainly Shadow Takur more than held his own in, in that series and was genuinely a lot of fun to watch with the bat. Mm. And he came um, across really, really well.
1: Really when, I saw it, when I saw him interviewed after that match, I thought he came across really well as well. And um, Just go to that Lancastrian down in the bottom right um, about Jimmy Anderson, the ball that got Virat Kohli out for golden duck. That was a tremendous over from Jimmy. He started the series off like a house on fire didn't he, with that spell. And a little bit about that, but also the fact that I, I saw his... Um, his message the other day to fans saying he was so sorry that he hadn't, you know, the test hadn't gone ahead and what have you. And he hopes that he will get another chance against India and he hopes that he'll get another chance to play an international at Old Trafford. And that's a bit, I mean, it's obviously a ground he loves. And it would be really sad, wouldn't it, to see him hang his boots up on that note at his home ground.
4: Yeah, but I wouldn't read too much in when he says he hopes because the thing that keeps Anderson going is this belief that he's always going to get dropped. So he always says he hopes he's going to be at pit for the next test match. and he hopes to plays and it's kind of his way of self-motivation so I know a lot of people have read a lot into these kind of comments thinking he might not play next year and what have you but I'm pretty confident he'll carry on and he likes to think he's always on the edge of the side he's got to perform and that's why he likes coming back and playing for Lancashire so he gets wicked so he get back in the test match which is his he maintains his place so it would be sad if he ends up in in as you said in that no but I'm 100% certain as long as he's performing, he's not going to retire. Um, if, if he has a bad tour of Australia, that might swing it the other way. But I hope he gets to play at Old Trafford again because he, he loves the club. He's a one-club person, uh, all, has been all his life. You know, he's learned he his trade from the coaches at the club. Mike Watkinson was his first coach at Lancashire, coming from Burnley. And he taught him, quite, taught him all he knew, not all he knew, but... Certainly the fundamentals of swing bowling. I'm sure he will carry on and um, I'm sure it won't be a a last hurrah.
1: Rito, Jimmy, yeah, so much has been said about him, 39 years old now, but he's still got it, hasn't he? He's still doing it. You know, as Mark said there, it's almost like he's not going to retire. He's going to have to be either shot or dragged off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That fire that he has still got himself inside himself. At 39 years old, it just amazes me as a Jimmy Anderson fan. And yes, throughout his career, he has an odd moment when he has got into an alteration with uh, uh, opposition players, but not everyone is Alistair Cook, that they will just play the game with so much dignity throughout their career. So Jimmy Anderson, he has been just fantastic. The way he started this test uh, series as you rightly mentioned getting pujara and kohli in the in the same over and even rahul was dropped in the slip otherwise mm-hmm. the, india could have been bowled very cheaply and england would have posted a much larger total
1: these reads, are, though, that everybody's different, aren't they? You get some people who, if there's a hint of confrontation, they'll, they'll put their head down and probably people would see it as showing dignity and walking away. Other people will take it another step further forward, won't they? And maybe Jimmy's one of those. But yeah, you know, it's going to be a, a sad day when Jimmy Anderson goes, as we've said through this series. There's a legend in front of us. We need to soak him into our retinas and make sure that we re- remember as much as we can of him because he won't be here forever, um, despite the fact that he's trying to be.
0: and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger.
1: Let's move on to our final award then of this gala evening. Um, And thank you everybody for attending. The player of the series, the man of the series and the nominations are Jasper Bumrah, Rohit Sharma, Shardle Takur and Joseph Edward Root. It kind of tells you everything you need to know. The fact there's three Indian nominations there and uh, one English. And the winner is Rohit Sharma has got the most votes from the fan badges. Joe Root was only just behind him. Jasper Bunner was not far away either. But uh, Rohit Sharma is the man that you have voted for to be the man of the series. Didn't get the most runs, but he got important runs. And he certainly gave India a good start in pretty much every single Test match. So Rohit Sharma is our man of the series. And that concludes our award ceremony. As I said, 2-1... We don't quite know what that fourth test, that, that final test match will be awarded and how it's going to be sorted out whether the ICC will have to move into adjudicate. We might even have to do this all again sometime next summer if that's called the fifth test match, but hopefully it'll be a standalone test match and we can cover that in, its, uh, in isolation. But first of all, thank you very much, Knuckle. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Rito for your efforts during this series. It's been much appreciated. To all the other fan badges that couldn't make it tonight, thank you to you as well because you've all put in some sterling stints on the podcast and your enthusiasm and your knowledge and your words are much appreciated and I'm sure they are by the uh, watchers and listeners as well Talking which, thank you very much for everybody out there for watching and listening it has been much appreciated your comments your tweets as we've gone through this England Against India series have uh, kept us all going and kept the uh, questions coming in and that's been really good to have as well and of course we're not going to be away for very long because the IPL 19th and we're back in IPL actually I think I'm recording something on Wednesday to get us back into IPL mode. So we'll be doing the same things, the live um, videos for the IPL And then you'll be able to hear the audio podcasts later on. But uh, thank you very much. Thank you for coming, India. And I think it's kind of gone with a little bit of a sour taste at the end, with a lot of people going with barbs and, yeah, whatever the reason, whatever the thing. Thanks for coming, India, because it was four terrific test matches that we saw. Um, And uh, if that fifth one is never played, well, it's be sad. And it was a bad way to finish the series. But the four tests we saw were absolutely magnificent entertainment. And I've really enjoyed, along with the fan patches, talking about all that on this podcast. So thank you again. Neil, thank you, Knuckle, thank you, Rito, and thank you, Mark. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. I've been James the Cricket Badger, and we'll see you in IPL mode very soon indeed. See you then.
4: Sports Social Podcast Network.